James for three. Bang! At the buzzer! We're talking about practice. Welcome to another episode of the Buckets and Beards podcast. I think we should start out this one, George, just by saying a big thank you to everyone who's been listening to us. Yeah, absolutely. We've had, uh, I don't know, I guess a, a bit more of a appreciation, a bit more listens really than what we expected when we started this yeah um during the week during the last week after our episode we actually reached over 1000 streams on all streaming platforms not bad for a couple of muppets from adelaide yeah so we just wanted to say thanks for listening hopefully enjoying it um drop us a line on social media uh if you want got any tips on how we can make this better or anything you want us to discuss or look into for, for either our weekly episodes or our timeout episodes, just let us know. Play that music. Let's do it. If you want a refreshing drink, I would tell you to drink it. No matter what that cucumber says. Bruh, man, say it. No. All right, Foss, for our very unofficial drink sponsor for this week, I've gone with something that you're going to know and love. But with a slight variation to it. Slight variation, all right. Slight variation. Unofficial. Unofficial. So unofficially this week we are sponsored by Solo. Solo. But it's a lemon mango flavor. I have seen this on the shelves though, but I haven't actually tried it myself. That makes two of us. Zero sugar. Thanks for thinking of my health there, mate. Well, after dinner tonight, it's uh, only fair. Cheers. Cheers. I feel like this is the first week we've actually had the same drink. Out of all of them. Yeah, could be. Could be. Could be. It's not horrible. I'm not, not sure on the, the lemon and mango. The mango Look, going with the lemon. I'd take straight solo every day. Yeah. But it's not horrendous. No. It's, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, it'll do the job for tonight. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about tonight now that we've got past our unofficial drink sponsor. Yes, we do. We have lots to go through there. It's been a big week in the NBA and for the fourth week in a row, we're saying that. It's been and, a big week in the NBA. And next week's going to be another big one. we got All-Star coming up, so lots and lots to talk about. But I think it's worth kicking off for me, being the Western Conference uh, guru that I am, Yep, is just to talk about how tight it is at the top in the West. You've got Nuggets, Clippers, OKC, and the T-Wolves that are so close together that one loss can drop you from first to fourth. Yeah, there was a while there during the week where all four teams were on the same percentage, same amount of wins, losses, everything. Yeah. And that's how tight it is. And we talked about that on another podcast, was like any team could literally just go out of either conference. Like that's, Oh, they really could. It, this is the closest an NBA season has been in a while up that top. It really is. And earlier in the week, you know, the Clippers were sitting at number one. They drop a game and then next, literally the next morning, they're fourth seed. Yeah. And the big implications of this is home court advantage through the playoffs. I'm going to throw something at you here, though. But do you see one team in particular, especially in the West, that might pull away towards the end of the season? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm just going to give you a very vague answer of no, purely because I don't know what the team schedules are. I don't know yeah. if, if one of those teams has a slightly easier run home or anything like that. We know Denver are almost unbeatable at home. Um, you know, Minnesota are young, OKC young. What, what What's that going to make it look like? 
and when's James Harden going to get hurt? Yeah, and it's going to be going to be really interesting to see who comes into the playing tournament and who they're playing up the top. Yeah, um, as that will also mean a lot going in, into the deep playoffs. Yeah, like I think how, so. how easy their run to the finals is. But you look at Denver last season in the West; they managed to nail that home court all the way through the playoffs, yeah. and that made a huge difference for a team like that. Whereas, you know, someone like Minnesota or OKC, they they might struggle on the road. I think you know, OKC are going to struggle against the bigger teams. It's one of the reasons why the Lakers have had success against them this season. And and Minnesota, you just don't quite know what you're going to get from just because yeah. they don't have that pedigree yet. And you could have a team, like as you said, if it stays like this towards the end of the year and they're all still close, a couple of couple, drop a couple of games and you could be sitting fourth or fifth and you're going to come up someone like maybe the Kings yeah, or someone who you don't want to meet in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. And the way things are tracking at the moment, you've got the Lakers that are starting to kick things into gear and the Warriors too. Like Kamiga's been balling out since yeah. he shaved his head. Like that's clearly the only difference is that he got a haircut. But you, you, know, you don't want to face either of those teams in the playoffs. You don't want to face Sacramento if you can avoid it. And whoever slides into that next spot, maybe the Pelicans, like that's going to yeah. be tough matchups, man. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's very tight. Um, I guess the next thing we can talk about as Aussies is just want to talk a little bit about Ben Simmons and how he's back on the court. He's he's balling out too. And he's shown some some heart. He's shown some fire. Like, that's one thing that has always been criticized in Ben Simmons is his willingness to just have a dip and just get in there and have a go unless he's the main focal point of a team. But I, one one thing came to mind the other day, and I saw it on. I didn't see it in the game, but I saw it on social media. He flattened Jared Allen, yeah, in the game, and then just stood there like and just, and just smiled went, and just went, yeah, whatever, yeah, have a go, mate. Jared Allen got up ready to knock his block off, and Ben Simmons was just like, "Bring it on, bud!" But it's good to see that fire in oh, the belly. Like, I was just like, "Yes, Ben, yes." Like he's you, not- you get in his face. You show that you want to be there for your teammates. Like Ben's not playing huge minutes at the moment. Like it's, it's 20, 25 minutes a game. But you know, he's having games where he's getting almost triple doubles yeah. and he's keeping his turnovers relatively low. Like today, I think he had four. But prior to today, like he's, his turnover rates have been low too. His, he's not shooting the ball though, like very often. I mean, he doesn't need to. No. Like if Ben Simmons can literally give you 10, 10, 10 in 25 minutes, yeah. you're laughing. So he's only got to take six or seven shots, really. Yeah. We know he can't shoot free throws to to save his life. Which like, I think later this week um, in the games, he was actually starting to put up a couple more shots. But there was a while there where he put up zero shots for yeah, a couple of games and, in a row. And again, you know, we've always seen that with Ben Simmons anyway, even when he was fully healthy and, and you know all-star level in Philly. He was never a volume scorer. He's never going to give you 30 points a but game. But he'd at least attack, attack the basket. And that's what he seems to be doing a little bit more now. Like he's getting on the hoop. That's what you want him to do. You don't want him necessarily shooting fall away threes. No. But if he can get on the hoop and create, that's that's what you want him doing. Yeah. Um, I think there's been a bit of a resurgence in um, Josh Giddy's game a bit lately as well. Yeah. Like this is something we haven't talked about before this, but I just thought I'd throw it in there. No, he he's definitely showing some signs. Like having, which we're going to talk about shortly, but having Gordon Haywood come to OKC might change his game a little bit. His like, role I might watched, change a little bit. But I watched uh, the highlights of the Mavs OKC game today because I, I yeah. was out at the house and didn't get a chance to watch it. 
But he was shooting the ball with confidence and he was knocking down a couple of threes from the corner. Yeah, I think especially. he hit three triples today. He's certainly and it was, funny bit of stroke. Yeah, it was, it, it was looking confident. It was looking good form. Um, and that's that's anybody's ever said about him is just shoot the ball with confidence. Like his, his jump shot's not horrible. It's not awful. But again, he's not known for that. Like we all know him as the phenomenal passer that he is and, and getting on the boards. It's going so to shoot... make the game easier for SGA oh, if, if he can become a, a consistent shooter. Because like there was a couple of times today, the Mavs didn't even run at him. Yeah, he and caught if... the ball in the corner and he's got all the time in the world. The Mavs are like, shoot it. And if he can knock down 35, 40% of his threes, that makes a huge difference because yeah. all of a sudden you can't sag off of him. Yeah, and you need to you need to get SGA going. Um, and that's going to open up the his drive driving lanes. Yeah. So, like, I'm all for it. I'm all for Josh Giddy shooting with confidence. It's, it's for any player in the NBA, any player at any level, shoot with confidence. That's what it's all about. Sometimes in my days, I had too much confidence. Yeah, that's a thing too. <laughs> It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the dagger? All right, so the week just gone. We had the trade deadline come and go. We did. So this is a bit of a recap on this and what we think of some of the trades. So I think we are going to put these into a couple of different categories. So the categories I think we should use should be the good, the bad, and the ugly. There's just one where I want to throw in. Okay. The meh. Okay. Yep. Just there's a couple here. I'm looking at the list and I'm just like, meh, who cares? Yeah. All right. Fair. But they could they could probably go just They're not the, they're not good, they're not bad. They're the good, not, the good, the meh, meh, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Meh. All right. So which one do we want to start? Do we want to start from the the first one? Look, do we I think so, but I think it's just worth mentioning at this point that the big trades this season all went down well before the deadline. Yes. James Harden getting moved, uh, OG Anubi getting moved, Pascal Siakam getting moved. They're the big trades with the big players. Yeah, Everything they, they that we're about before. to talk about now are kind well, of just ancillary pieces. Well, let's let's start with the good. So what? I mean, I'll start us off. So Go. one that I think is a good move is, and it's not just because it's my team, but the New York Knicks. Do the the Knicks won the trade deadline? So yeah, the New York Knicks uh, acquired. Boyan by Bogdanovich, and I tried not to mess that up, but Bogdanovich and Alec Burks from the Pistons for Quentin Grimes, Evan Fournier, and Malik Flynn and Ryan Archiakono. Yeah, we'll run with that. Let's run with that. Yep, go with that one. And just... I think there was a couple of second round picks in there, but for the Knicks to pick up Bogdanovich and Burks without giving up a first rounder... To pick up OG and Nubi without giving up a first rounder. Yeah, they've like, got all their first round picks work. for the next four years. That's incredible. But um, the way, where I'm going with this being a good one is OG and Nubi has just gone in for elbow surgery because he, he had a bone spur in his thing. So he's going to be out for at least a month. Yep. You've still got Julius Randle, probably similar sort of time yep. timeline. Similar time frame with his dislocated shoulder. Mitchell Robinson's done for the year. Oh, there is whispers that maybe he's going to come back, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be wouldn't banking it. on it. Like we we went out and got um, Achua and yeah. and Hartenstein's playing out of his and skin. Achua's been playing great too, yeah. just quietly. But look, it's one of those things where if it's a deep playoff run, maybe he can come back, give you fifteen minutes a night and help. But with Bogdanovich and Burks, we get two veterans yep. coming in. That are going to stop the Knicks from sliding while they while they get healthy. We need the team to get healthy, and bringing in those players 
they're going to bolster the team when you get Anubi back, when you get Randall back, but they're also going to just stop them from sliding out of contention. Completely agree with you. I really do. I think, and that's why I'm putting it in the good. No, it, it's you're not going to get an argument from here. I, I completely agree. I think the moves that the Knicks made this season have been fantastic. Um, like we spoke about earlier, you know, moving on quickly, he's a great player, great young talent, but he was, just wasn't playing behind Brunson. Yeah. RJ Barrett, unfortunately, he was the piece that had to go to be able to bring in a newbie. And, and, and he was essentially with DiVincenzo and Josh Hart. He's replaceable in that line. I talked, I talked about RJ Barrett earlier in our podcasts yeah. about how well he was playing. He but it really was, was just all offense. Like he's, he's not a defensive player. No, he's player. not. And I think, you know, again, Evan Fournier, we've been talking about him being traded for, for some time now. And Quinton Grimes is clearly the most unlucky player in the NBA right now. Yeah. But Grimes, Good they, haven't, they haven't seen much improvement in him in the last couple of years. True, but Where I think... They, they've, they've put their um, money in uh, McBride yeah. being better than Grimes. Which is fair enough at this point yeah. in time. And like you said, the retooling of the roster to cover those injuries, I think the Knicks have done a, a pretty amazing job. Right. Do you have one that you would chuck in the, in the good category? In the good category from the ones that have happened? Because I've got another one that I think... A team that made moves... That I'd I'd say is a, is a good category. Look, there's there's a few. Um, I think the 76ers trading for Buddy Hield was a really like really good move. Okay. Um, giving up Marcus Morris, who was then on traded to the Spurs for Doug McDermott, very nice little move there by the Pacers too, and Furkan Corksman, who they they're gonna wave, so who cares? But I think that's a good little pickup for Philly just to shore up a little bit more shooting. Yeah. Especially with their injuries as well. Um, where I was looking is the Dallas Mavericks because they Dallas, made they yes. made two moves, which at the moment, like yeah, they got Luca, they got Kyrie, and you got Lively playing really good as a rookie, but they just weren't stable enough at that uh, big big man spot. Yeah, they needed some size. They were literally the worst rebounding team in the entire NBA. Yeah, which they, is, is astounding. Yeah, absolutely. But they've gone out and they've got uh, Daniel Gafford from the Wizards for Richard Holmes. Yep. Rakan Holmes, sorry. Um, and Gafford, I, I, I rate Gafford's game. I feel like he is a quality center in the NBA. He's going to come out and he's going to get you 10 to 15 boards and 10 points and he's going to protect the rim, get you a couple of blocks. That's exactly what they need. Um. But he just wasn't shown because obviously he was playing at the Wiz. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and then they've also gone out and got PJ Washington from uh, the Hornets for Grant Williams and Seth Curry. Grant Williams, um, from all accounts, ruffled a few feathers yeah, in, I, in the Dallas locker room. I'm not quite um, sure how or what he was doing, but yeah, there, there's been and, some And I guess we should just say that we, like, we're not journalists and we don't no. have contact with teams and stuff, so we don't know the inside of football. And outs of what's going Man, on. This is in the literally teams. what we hear on, like, you know, NBA Today and Bleacher Report and ESPN. But, yeah, but when, Grant when Williams he... wasn't working out the way that they expected Dallas him to. expected him to. Yeah. So moving him on and maybe making that locker room better is great. And Seth Curry, once again, he's a liability on defense. Can shoot the hell out of the ball, but they lost pieces that they're not going to miss. Yeah. But, PJ Washington, undersized big man. I think he's but only again, about 6'9", 6'10". But he's going to get you those boards, which is um, what they and need. He, and he's a bit of stretch. He can knock down a th- yep. an open three-pointer as well. But yeah, he's going to come in. He's going to play hard for you, get you some buckets, get you some rebounds. Um, and I think that's going to actually probably bring the Mavs up 
into contention in the West set, for that top four. It definitely shores up their spot in the playoffs. Uh, no question about it. I think just quickly worth a mention is OKC picking up Gordon Haywood. I know he's broken. He, he's got a calf injury at the moment, but they're expecting him back soon. And again, they just gave up some bench players really to get him. So they I need, think that they, shores up that wing spot a little bit, gives him that veteran presence. Yeah, so, they, I was about to say, they needed that veteran. They needed that veteran in that locker room yeah. to help him out. So I think that's a, a tidy little move by them. I think the Celtics getting Xavier Tillman for Lamar Stevens is a tidy little move by the Celtics. Again, just to give them a bit more bulk and a they bit more They needed a size. bruiser inside. Yeah, because KP's not that. KP's not that. And Horford... Like he he prefers to just sit outside and shoot threes now. He's, a bit, he's a bit like a Lopez in that's at, his game at the Bucks, now, isn't it? Um, but yeah, he's going to do the dirty work for him inside Tillman, and he's a solid defender. He he will protect the, the interior. He, he's a big body, yeah, big big body. So yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, and the last one that I just thought I'd mention very quickly is the Suns' sneaky little move to pick up Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. Now yeah. again, they didn't give up a lot. Um, but I like that move for for Phoenix uh, for for Phoenix just to shore up their second unit a little bit. Yeah, well, Bates Diop was playing well and his draft stock was going up, so I think they utilized that while they could. Um, and Wontanabe was only at the Suns because KD wanted him there. Yeah, um, and he hadn't worked out like he did at uh, when he was playing with the Nets, and he shot the lights out of it. Um, but he's he's going to help out Brooklyn. I mean, sorry, Memphis, where he went to. Yeah, he, um, and he, with Memphis being so riddled with injuries, he should get an opportunity to, to play yeah, some and he, and, he, and he needs that opportunity to showcase what he can do because um, he lit it up in fever over summer yes, for Japan um, and they qualified for their first Olympics ever. Yep. Are there any any bad moves in your opinion? Um, or ugly, whatever you Ugly, want. bad moves. I don't like... I don't understand, I should say, why the Raptors went and got Kelly Olynyk. Yes, I'm not. It sure. doesn't. I don't think he fits their timeline. Give or, me a or was that, Lewis and or was that just to get the um, yeah, Agabaji? I was about to say, say his name. I think so. That's the only only thing I can think of because apparently he's a good young talent, so that makes sense. But I I don't quite understand. Like Kelly Olynyk. Why like he wasn't moved somewhere else though? Because a lot of teams could use a stretch. Having a look, having a look at what the Jazz did, I think they are just shoring up some cap space. Most likely, because they got rid of Linux. Linux would have been on a big contract. I don't know about a uh, Abaji. Um, I think he's rookie but scale. But I'm pretty sure Otto Porter is on a um, ending contract, so his contract's going to be up at the end of the yeah, year. Yeah, he was on a short deal from um, Golden State. And I don't know who Kira Lewis is. Yep. So, But they got they also got Kevin Knox, who they waved straight away. Yeah, um, and that's fine, because Kevin Knox has never been good. Yeah, he's, he's never done this. But overall, um, I don't... Actually, I actually don't think there's any bad or ugly ones, really. Not really. Like, this, just ones that you kind of scratch your head and sort of don't really understand like again the nets sending schroeder or getting schroeder and thad young for dinwiddie and then thad young gets waved and dinwiddie gets waved it's kind of a bit of an odd move like yeah i think then you know the next pick up a good point gun is schroeder who's been really good but he just keeps bouncing around between teams Pistons getting daniel house waving him yeah exactly that's the other one i was about to mention and then yeah like we said the Pacers got Marcus Morris and uh, Korkmaz and waved, uh, well, waved Korkmaz and they're looking to trade Morris. He And he got sent to the Spurs for Doug McDermott. Yeah, there you go. But you know, again, the Kings 
picking up Robin Lopez and waving him and Corey Joseph going to the paces and getting waved. Unless they're doing that just for some draft capital or cash, or again, if it's just freeing up some roster spots. I don't, it doesn't know, make a lot I don't know about Tim Wolves going off to Monte Morris either. No, that's a good move. I like that. Um, he, he's going to sh- give them that sort of bit of insurance behind Mike Conley. So I don't mind that. Yeah. They needed a, a backup point. And again, Sha- you know, Shake Middleton's all right. but And Troy Brown Jr., they, they weren't playing a lot. So um, I do like... So this is not a trade, but this is players that... Uh, we're on waivers or free agency and that sort of stuff, um, which Spencer Dinwiddie uh, got picked up by the Lakers. Yep. Um, I reckon I'm going to chuck the Lakers actually in the meh or bad. Yeah, fair. Um, because of, for all talks, LeBron wasn't happy and they were looking to just shore up their roster. But they their main piece was to get rid of D'Lo. It was, but D'Lo, as soon as his name gets mentioned in trade reports, starts balling out. Yeah, but they they were still looking to trade him even though he was balling out. But teams wanted more than just D'Lo. They just wanted to get rid of the player with no uh, picks and no cash considerations or anything. They just they wanted to keep their assets and get rid of D'Lo and get somebody in. And no team would do that for D'Lo. And that's fair enough, I think, too. Like I know the, the big one that the, there was a lot of uh, media press about with the Lakers was DeJounte Murray. Yeah. But the Hawks flat out said, we don't want D'Lo. Yeah. So there was talk about him going to, I think it was Brooklyn at that point, and then perhaps Dinwiddie ending up in Atlanta. Yeah. But they also wanted Austin Reeves. They wanted multiple first-round picks, all this sort of stuff. Now, anyone who listens to any of the you know, NBA talk and that sort of stuff, the Lakers only have one fir- future first-round pick that they yeah, can trade they, cl- the they cleaned house last year to make their run for the finals. Exactly. Um, and they were left with no assets. And they're still paying the price even for the Anthony Davis yeah. trade. But come the off season the Lakers will have three first round picks yes. that they're able to move so them not making a move actually makes sense in some respects it does make sense because yes. it allows them more flexibility in the off season now the but can they ru- keep can they keep LeBron happy for the rest of the season well, though because he has his player option coming up um, so he can either decide to opt in and and go another go another round or deny it and re-sign or go somewhere else we all know that LeBron likes to be the GM and we all know that he likes to send passive-aggressive messages like, you know, having a Knicks towel over his shoulders during a post-game interview or tweeting or whatever it's called these days, you know, an hourglass emoji and those sorts of things. But at the end of the day, LeBron has said for a very long time he wants to play with Bronny. Yeah. Someone, in my opinion, will draft Bronny and will give him a contract because they know they'll get LeBron too. And as a, even as a 39 year, or for, almost 40-year-old, he will be at the time. Yeah, he'll be You're just going to be like, yep, come along. We, we want you. But at the same time, his contract next season with the Lakers is about $50 million. Yeah. That's a lot of money to leave on the table. It is. Because but he, he doesn't need it. He, he absolutely doesn't. But he's also a businessman. Yeah. So, yes, you know, keeping LeBron happy has to be a big priority for the Lakers, unfortunately because of who he is and what he does. But I think them not making a move where they were going to have to give up a lot of assets was the right move. Yeah, but I feel like their team is built to make a run for the finals. They did it last year, and then people are like, oh, when they get healthy, when they get healthy, when they get healthy. And AD's been healthy all year. LeBron's been healthy all year. Austin Reeves has been healthy all year. Yes, they've had a few other pieces in and out of the lineup. Gabe Inns and... 
Um, Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Uh, would getting someone like DeJounte Murray for D'Lo ignore the rest of the the draft picks? I still don't think they'd, they'd make him a contender. Exactly right. That doesn't make them a contender. No. And they they might just need to concede that this, this year's a write-off for them. Oh, look, I don't think it'll be a write-off. They'll they'll make the, the playoffs, whether it's the playoffs or the play-in, but... Oh, the referees will make sure that they make the, NBA, make the play-in tournament. The NBA will make sure of that. Um, you mentioned, obviously, Dinwiddie signing there. Biombo going to the Thunder. Yep, that's rate a, it. That's a sneaky little move because they need some size. I rate it. He was playing well because he Memphis. was he was waived, yeah, by Memphis yeah. Uh, earlier in the year. So. Yeah, so there's some, there's some interest there. Um, Killian Hayes being waived by Detroit was an interesting one. He was a number seven pick just a couple of seasons back. Surely team's going to take a flyer on him. Yeah, well, well let, let's start the next part of our segment then because I don't think my categories really worked out because once we actually de- dove deeper into <laughs> some of these uh, trades, we realized that... All of them actually work out pretty well for the teams. There's a few head scratches, but most of them make sense. But so the waived list uh, at the end of the trade deadline. So Joe Harris got waived. You said Killian Hayes got waived. Uh, Daniel House got waived. Victor Oladipo got waived. Marcus Morris, Harris Giles, the second, Gallinari, Robin Lopez, Corey Joseph, Corkmars, James Borgnight, Ish Smith, Frank Nilakina, Thaddeus Young, Jordan Goodwin, uh, Shazi Metu and Kevin Knox. So is there any players on that waiver list that you think a contender? So I'm not talking bottom dwellers. I'm talking somebody maybe in the four to eight range in each conference that could pick someone up off that list that you think would help them. Yeah, I think there's definitely a few names on that list that could help out some contending teams. I think there's some names on that list who will end up playing in China next year. But Joe Harris could help a team, no question. I think Daniel teams House... Teams need shooters. Daniel House could help a team. Yep. Um, teams that want veterans or a bit of size that need that little bit of a boost. Marcus Morris could help. Harry Giles could help. Gallinari could help. Robin Lopez could help. If you're looking at you know, a, a young player that could be worth a look for next year... Surely Bork Knight and Hayes I was thinking get picked Bork up. Knight. But I don't know if they're helping a contender right now. And like Ish Smith has bounced around the league. I think he's played for 27 teams. Yes, something like that. He gets traded at least twice a year. Yeah. Um, but he's he's got finals experience. He's been around teams that have made big pushes in finals. So he could be that third string point guard that you could get in on a team that's going to be a locker room guy that if someone goes down with an injury, maybe looking at he could be a Dallas. Real, Dallas or Denver. Denver. Yep, behind. Yeah, yeah, no. I didn't think back, Denver. Backing Denver up Jamal work. Murray. Like, there's, there's definitely some... I feel like Thaddeus Young um, is aging a bit now, yep. but is still a quality backup. He's a veteran yeah, with other experience. Big man, yeah. Um, can knock down the ball. Like... Oladipo Kevin Knox is, won't already play. has Knox one foot in China. Metu, Metu could go to a team, I reckon. Maybe. Nikola he's, he's still young. No, Nikola Kenya, he's back in France. He'll go. Oladipo's injured and won't play. I don't even know who Harry Giles is. No, he's a he's a big dude. He's a big body. Yeah. So he again, any teams that need a little bit of size, he could help out. Oladipo's career never really took back up no, after, he's done. after his injuries. He's done. Um, he he showed some resurgence in that 
for Miami a couple of seasons ago and then hurt himself again. Yeah. So he, he's he's out of the league. Look, Lopez and Corey Joseph could be useful pieces on teams, but you know that could be again. It's that you know third center or that third point guard. You know maybe a team like Miami could use someone like Look, that. If the Knicks pick up Joe Harris, yeah, and bring another shooter in the bench. More we've shooting. always we've always said after getting rid of quickly that um, bench scoring has been atrocious for the Knicks. So getting Joe Harris in, and he's and a serviceable defender too. Even a even a Corey Joseph could be useful in New York. Yeah, just in that backup point. Or let's just bring back Gallinari. Gallinari. Yeah. No. Maybe no. Just no. No. Um, but yeah, so busy. But as we said at the start, like the big trades, they happened way before the trade deadline. There was nothing really that happened in the last 24 hours where most of these trades took place. Yeah. Where I was like, whoa, that's a shocker, blah, blah, blah. Where no. I was just like, oh, all right, they'd move this guy. Oh, all right, they moved this guy. No, exactly. There was nothing earth-shattering that happened at the deadline. I think, in my, well, in my opinion, the Knicks won the trade season on the whole. Well, it's about time we won something. Yeah, true, true. But... To bring in the quality of the players that they did without giving up a first-round pick is yep. is pretty amazing, and they have a lot of first-round picks up their sleeve, which they can then either use in this next coming off-season, yeah, or just to bring in good young talent. Good young talent, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's. I think that's about it for the trade stuff. Yeah, the like I said, there's a few little head scratches. The Hawks doing nothing. The Lakers doing nothing. But oh yeah, I was going to touch on the Hawks, but on surely how, how they just. That froze. They did nothing. And I read an interview with Landry Fields where he said there just wasn't an offer on the table that made them go, yep, we need to pull the trigger on this. Yeah. So whether it was just the trade market this season, I don't know. But and yeah, I, know, it, I know the Jazz made a couple of small trades, which we said was probably for salary cap space. Yeah. Um, but they had interest in uh, marketing. Yep. But they wanted like, what, like- half, a, half a bench. For, for oh. him. They wanted every piece and the kitchen sink and the laundry and all the coaching staff. They wanted everybody for Mark. It was trades like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert yeah. that sort of set a precedent for that. Like when you're getting four first round picks and a bunch of players, yeah. like that's ridiculous. Yeah. So but- teams, unfortunately, for someone like Markinen who has a, so much upside and so much potential, yeah. They want huge holes in return. Like I saw something on social media, which we might end with and stuff, where it was like the Knicks should trade for Mitchell, Markinen, and somebody else. And I was just like, we would give up our entire team just to get those three. And then we would suck again. Yeah. Like we've put in all this hard works. We've got the team around Tibbs that Tibbs wants. We're not going to just blow it all up just to get some names in 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 there. No, and you don't need to. And, and as you say, Tibbs has got the team that he wants. He's got hard nosed players. He's got defenders, and he's got Taj Gibson. And we like, got an all star. What more could he want? We got an all star, deservedly so. Yeah. Um. Who, as I'm going to reiterate again, should be in the MVP conversation. You're not going to hear an argument from me about that one, Foss. Lynn puts it up. And that was a fitting break to our little segment there. Bit of Lin Sanity knocking down the game winner against Toronto for the Knicks. It's been a hot minute since we've had some Lin Sanity. All right. So we last couple of weeks, we've touched on the All-Star game selection. So we took looked at the starters and then the reserves. But in the last week, they have come out with the uh, Saturday night 
competitors mm-hmm. for the dunk contest and the three-point shooting contest. And we're not going to bother talking about the skills uh, challenge because nobody really cares about the skills challenge. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. All right. So how about we start with the dunk contest? So who are the participants this year in the dunk contest there, George? We've got Jalen Brown from the Celtics. Now, I know you just gave me to do this so I could say his name. Jaime Vasquez Jr. from the Heat. Mac McClung, who's actually in the G League, but playing for Orlando's G League team. And Jacob Toppin, who's Obi Toppin's little brother, yep. who plays at the Knicks. Now, I say play very, very loosely. I think he tries Westchester Knicks. Yes. Westchester Knicks. He's, he's a G Leaguer too. So there's two yes. NBAers and two G Leaguers. Um, I guess everyone knows what Mac McClung can do uh, from his social media. And then being uh, the winner last year yep. um, and managing to get himself a two-way NBA contract. Um, I think it was for Philly yeah, last year. Yeah, he's around a little bit. Yeah, he definitely. But he, he definitely signed for Orlando this year. But I don't know. I don't know whether that was like a media stunt or whatever, because he he hasn't he's even looked like being no. in, in in the NBA. He's um, just got some insane hops. Freak athlete. He is a freak athlete and that sort of stuff. Um, interesting to see what Jalen Brown yeah brings to the table. Yeah, I agree. I. Look, the dunk contest hasn't been interesting for a very long time. These names don't excite me yes. at all. Um, you know, we need to see players like Jamarant, like Aaron Gordon. Um, I reckon you'd still and, even chuck a thirty-nine-year-old LeBron in there. Oh, LeBron! Everyone would watch it if LeBron. Did oh, hundred percent! It. it would be the highest-rated dunk contest since um, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Yeah, absolutely. And I think which I'm going to say again. Aaron Gordon was robbed. Absolutely, he was robbed. That was highway robbery. Um, but I think, you know, even an Ant Edwards, someone like that, these are the, you know, even SGA maybe, yeah. like these are the guys we want to see in a dunk contest, not G-Leaguers. I all, like, we also get the fact that some players maybe don't want to do it due to injury and stuff, but it was never a case back in the day. Like the players you wanted to see in a contest like this, did it? Like your Jordan, your Dominic Wilkins. Kobe, Kobe Vince Carter. Vince Carter, T-Mac. Dwight Howard's done. The Dwight Howard. and these guys. Yeah, and then you get players like your Spud Webb or yeah. your Steve Francis and stuff that come in and you're like, oh, why is this going to dunk cost? And you're like, oh, damn. That's why. Yeah, so look, I don't even... Uh, Who's your pick? Jalen Brown isn't known for his dunking though. No. he's a, He is an athlete, but I feel like... He would be a good sportsman in any sport. He is just an athlete. Yes. So he could have gone and probably been a wide receiver in the NFL and made money doing that. Yep. But um, yeah, look, underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. I know yeah. that's my catchphrase going around, but uh, underwhelmed. I just, I just, I'm, I, not, I'm probably not even going to watch it. I genuinely don't care about it, to be honest. Like, some of Vince Carter's dunks were just insane. Kobe's dunks were insane. One of my all-time favorites is Gerald Green's cupcake dunk. Yeah. What are these guys going to do? Yeah. And and I think some stars actually come out and say that. They're kind of like, look, most of the dunks have been done before. Like, yeah. There's not much new coming out of it that they can do that there's going to make them, their brand go big and that sort of stuff. But I heard on NBA Today, I think it was um, Perk or maybe Austin Rivers or something. But they came out and they're like, players need to be in this because 
it's going to grow their brand. It helps them sell they're shoes. They're going to sell shoes. They're going <laughs> yeah, to make would... money. Like there has to be something around it for these players to do it. Yeah. Where I think that's why they kind of go after a few of those young players to help them Build their make brands. a name for themselves and stuff. And sometimes it backfires. Yeah. Like when um, Cole Anthony tried to dunk in the Timberlands and took him like eight attempts to do it. Yeah. And it just it just it just took the the intensity out of the arena. When he started putting them on, everyone was like, "Oh, okay." Like, haven't seen this before. And then it took him five minutes to lace them up. And then it yeah. took him another five minutes to actually get a dunk to go in. And then by that, everyone was just like, get off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I know they've tried to change the rules in the dunk comp to prevent those sorts of things from happening. But it's just not what it used to be. Yeah. Um, and my favorite part of the All-Star Saturday Night has to be the three-point contest. Hey, look, absolutely. And I'm, I'm super excited to see Steph versus... Anescu, I think Anescu, that's going to be yeah. a cool little... Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina Anescu. I think that's going to be a cool little thing to see. But the three-point shootout has always been something that's quite captivating, You know, even from back in the day where... Um, Larry Bird didn't take off his warm-ups. Or when Larry Bird walks in before he goes, right, who's coming second tonight? Yeah. Like, that's legit. Um, but we got some names there. So we got Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton... Damian Lillard, Laurie Markinen, Donovan Mitchell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Trey Young. Um, Look, I don't hate that lineup. I don't hate that lineup either. Like, you actually got some big names there. Like, you got your, your Spider Mitchell, your Big Cat, your uh, your Ice Trey, um, Jalen Brunson, Halliburton, Damian Lillard. Like, they're big names that are coming out for this this contest. We all know that Lillard and Young can shoot the ball from the car park. Big Cat. You know, he, he says himself that he's the best shooting big man of all time. And look, he's probably not far wrong. Yeah. Um, Brunson and Halliburton, I don't know enough about their three-point clips. I feel like Brun- uh, Halliburton, sorry, will be good at this because he doesn't use his legs much. He's yeah, not. He's, he's not he's quick. Quick and release. He, it's a weird release, but it it's a it's a quick one. Where I feel like Brunson's more of an in-game shooter. Yeah. So I'm not sure how good he'll go. Malik, but, but he, Malik Beasley literally has a cannon for an arm, mate. He, I, I've actually seen, seen videos of him um, practicing and he puts a cover on the basket to make it half the size. So literally you can fit one basketball in yeah, there. Wow. And I've seen him just standing there knocking down 10 bang, in a row bang, doing bang, that. Bang. So he, he is a literal sniper. And we so know he, he would, is an underdog. I'm, I'm actually calling it Malik Beasley out for an underdog for someone who... If you can put money on it, put money on it. <laughs> and we know that Spider Mitch was just a flat out scorer. Yeah. So, but I feel like he's more in game though too. Yeah, like he's more of an in game three shooter. Markinen's been in this before. I think he was in it last year too. Um, so I'm not sure. Not sure how he went then. But no, I'm excited to see this. Do you have a? Do you have a? Like you said, Malik Beasley as a as an underdog, a bit of a smoky. I reckon Tyrese Halliburton would be a bit of a smoky too. Yeah. Who, who's your pick to win it though? I actually have a feeling that Dame, Dame? is gonna is gonna get up. Yeah, I, I look feel like, like I feel like his it's his year. Look, I, that that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But I think just for the uh, for the interest of the pod, we've got to have a, a sneaky little coffee bet on uh, who can okay. who scores so, high. No, no, just who scores higher between Ice Trey from my Atlanta Hawks and okay. Jalen Brunson and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, no, so respect. Outside, hey, we'll, we'll shake on that right yeah. now. Inside of the dunk, uh, inside of the three-point contest, who scores the highest out of those two? 
out of all rounds or just, just, no, just a sing, single round? Single, no, just either way. Like, it doesn't really matter how we do it, whether we right. do high coffee, single Coffee rounds, bet's on. Just a coffee bet, but whoever does... Whoever, it's a so, soy, large soy latte too, yeah, mate. You reckon? All right. We both know Trey's going to smoke him, but that's fine. All right. So, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about the All-Star game. Look, I think we, like we're going to talk about this in our time episode that's going to come out at the end of the week. The All-Star game... Again, it's just not what it used to be. And I get it. Like, it's the same here in Australia where we've got the AFL and they used to have state of origin. And then the yep. big name players started pulling out because they didn't want to risk getting hurt. Yep. So, you know, for these players in the NBA, this is their job. This is their livelihood. This is how they provide for their families. They don't want to play in an exhibition match, get a significant injury. They're also entertainers, though. Oh, like they are. And, and it is sport is entertainment. But when this is your job and it's how you provide for your family, you can understand why these guys go at half pace in an yeah. all-star game. Yeah. And it's why the score is going to be 185 to 183. Yeah. Because there'll be zero defense played. It'll be threes from the car park and a whole bunch of alley-oops. Yeah. Um, and they've, they've brought back the East versus West this year. Which is good. Um, and I think they are still doing the format of first team to a certain amount of points gets money for charity there needs to be incentives like that yeah. like make it make it about charity you know if they want to try some new rules you know there's been talk for years and using news about whether there could be a four-point line in the nba which i think would be ridiculous but you know try that in an all-star game yeah um and i think they did that last year they had like a five point yeah they spot, had some spots on the ground, which was the sort of sponsored sponsored whatever yeah it was. and you know, with the courts, they're going to be LED lit this year at the All-Star Weekend. Oh, that looks legit. That looks so cool. It does. But again, you could easily have some markings on the court with the LEDs. And that's where, again, you shoot from this spot and you get bonus points. I wonder if the court's going to light up when someone shoots it from like where they're standing on stuff. So. Like, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, that might be worth look, actually watching the All-Star game this year just for the court. At yeah. least maybe for a quarter. Yeah, look, it, again, it, it's something that'd be worth having a look. But... Look, I'll be honest. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl tomorrow. I'm not going to watch the All Star Game. Yeah, um, I might watch the highlights. Yeah, maybe that's um, that's, that's that's about all. That, that all might I'm be a, a YouTube job when I'm at work on the on the Tuesday. But it's it's just something that's just lost a little bit of its appeal over the years. Yes, and it's definitely not as good as it once was. No, um, like I remember growing up watching like your Vince Carter, your Kobe's, your T Max, your Garnets, um, and the All Star Game was fun. Like they were out there and. There was a bit of chippiness. Like yeah. players didn't like each other and used to go go at each other. Like yeah, there, there was all the fun and games, but then all of a sudden, game faces they, they came on. They still wanted to win, um, but and- then you still get your spectacular dunks, like T Mac throwing off the board yeah. to himself, and like Iverson breaking ankles and doing his little up and unders and all that sort of stuff. Like it was fun. It was it was entertaining to watch. But when you also had players like Kobe and MJ that just had that killer mentality, like they were yeah. always going to do that. And I think yeah, even when. In, in, especially in timeout episodes where we've talked about, you know, greatest players from certain eras. You know, yeah, we'll mention, oh, so-and-so had, you know, six all-star appearances or one, two all-star game MVPs. I don't think it really means much. Exactly right. It doesn't mean squat. Like back in the day, it meant a lot. It does, now, yeah. now, now, it's a bit, now it's a bit of a novelty. Oh, look, if, if Steph comes out and drops 16 threes in an all-star game, which he can absolutely do, he'll yep. walk away with the MVP. 100%. And you just go, okay, cool, he hit some shots. Yeah. But I think feel like we're waffling on, waffling on a bit now. Um, so we might just call that a, it on call this it episode. 
Um, thanks for sticking with us at the end. Uh, I want to say thanks for everybody who supported us so far, um, helping us get to that thousand stream mark, um, which isn't bad for under 25 episodes. So um, we've got, we'll have some merch coming out, um, which we'll be putting up on social media. We got some samples coming in in the following week. Um, so if you're interested in jumping in and supporting us that way, um, and just repping the merch because um, I've, I've worked pretty, there. I've worked pretty hard done on, on some of the designs. You've done a great so, job. Uh, we're changing up the logos. We're, we're trying some new things. Um, but yeah, that's it. Peace. Peace. Catch you guys on the flippity flip. <laughs>